But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica. My name is Cody Ryan. I'm here with my co-host as always, Bobby the Greek. How you doing, Bobby? I'm doing well, Cody. Isn't the only person that had the nickname the Greek, like, get blackballed from sports media for saying that black people were better athletes because of slave breeding? Great. No, (laughs) I don't think that's the only Greek. Um... Jimmy the Greek. Yeah, I don't think everybody called the Greek has been associated with the particular thing you just said, but sure. Way to set the tone for the episode that has nothing to do with any of what you just said. I feel like almost everyone that has been called the Greek has done that. Either whether they've done it public. Isn't there a dude just like on Sixers Twitter is like super nice who's just like George the Greek or like George the Greek? I don't know. He's done those things just because he's the Greek? Yes. It's very, it's very likely that he said that. Weirdly racist start to the episode against Greeks. Yeah, I, I, there's no such thing as that. They're ethnically white. Sure. Anyway, uh, moving past whatever that was, uh, we're excited to be here today because uh, we're always excited to be here. Bobby's not actually excited to be here. Bobby, what are you doing? I'm holding the mic. I'm more comfortable holding the mic. You're, Bobby holds the mic even though it's in um, a holster already. It makes me feel like I have control. I, yes. I get fidgety. Isabel always yells at me when we're at a restaurant that has chopsticks because I just always like rub the chopsticks together and can't keep my hands to myself. That's so stupid. Great. No, I'm kidding. I love doing little drumming with the chopsticks and stuff. You do little tricks with them and stuff, too. I, 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 I don't... your team. I don't even play with the chopsticks. Too. Yes, thank you. You should be playing with the chopsticks. I always do the little um, walrus thing. Oh, man, my ex hated that. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Okay, I just rub them together. I did that one in Mexico, and I was not getting good reception from my ex, but her mom liked it, I think. I, I just know. rub the chopsticks together like I'm trying to start a fire in like a, like a, what like a Boy the, Scout in a What happens cartoon. if you actually start a fire? I don't think that that actually works. I think that you need a flint. To no, actually if you do that. make enough friction, you can always start a fire. I've never been able to do it, and I've. Well, I'm. I'm assuming uh, you're saying just like strictly rubbing the chopsticks themselves together. Yeah, they're both made out of wood. I thought you meant like maybe rubbing them against like some of the table and stuff like that. Oh well, the table probably has like a lacquer finish that wouldn't allow it to generate fi- friction usually. Well, you're just assuming that every single restaurant that you go to has that kind of finish. I, I just assume that. You know, maybe if one time you're going to like a restaurant that's a little less fancy, like maybe there's a chance that they have something that's, you know, like maybe like a marble that's got kind of like, you know, some restaurants try to get a little too fancy and they use that kind of like chalkboardish uh, material. But, but that's not. Table. But that's not wood though. No, but I'm saying that's kind of like flinty. If you're saying you need a little flint, okay, you can uh. kind of use that to maybe like that charcoaly, like um, you know, kind of. Holy shit! I didn't know they did this. Okay, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, and you're not really saying that to the podcast, which really makes the point of what we're trying to talk about today. We're talking about being a little bit off the focus, a little bit of uh, just chilling out and talking about whatever. 
Today's episode is actually going to be about marijuana, and it's going to be about Bobby and I's relationship with marijuana and a lot of the stereotypes that we've probably dealt with our lives. And the biggest stereotype is, you know, you're unmotivated, you're unfocused, you're not really paying attention. So Bobby and I kind of just felt each other out there that we're just going to do a non sequitur to start the show. Am I supposed to pretend to be high for this? You don't have to pretend to do anything. Okay. Why would you pretend to be high? We're just having a conversation. I'm never getting high with you. I'm so toked up, bro. I'm never getting Toasted. high with you. You're like the least interesting person in the world to be high with. Okay. I'm That's legitimately great. mad that you are here now. Good. Anyway, I'm um, running my Sunday night more than the 76ers. Anyway, um, no, but we're just going to kind of talk about our relationship with marijuana. And there's just kind of like been a lot of stoner movies over the years that have kind of like perpetuated a lot of stereotypes. The kind of biggest being like, dude, where's my car and stuff like that. And just stoners that literally can't remember where their car is. So they're just constantly like, oh, look at that tattoo, dude, sweet. Like, yeah, kind of that just, you know, in your, one of your favorite movies, uh, Bobby, what is that with Matthew McConaughey? Oh, Surfer Dude. Yeah, yeah. This is the whole point, like, they smoke a lot of weed. I don't know. Well, they smoke a ton of weed, and there's a scene where Matthew McConaughey goes and buys weed from the goat farmer who's played by Willie Nelson. And then they stop smoking weed and uh, having sex with women until the waves come back because there's been a wave drought. Yeah, so... It's one of the better movies. Bobby wants to talk about that movie a lot. I don't want to talk about that bo- that movie at all. I want to talk a little bit about our just, like, interactions with it because now everybody knows that I'm on medical marijuana and Bobby noticed that I just constantly pointed out, like, I'm trying to, like, justify it even though it, like literal like legal doctor said yeah you can have that you also like seem to act like you're gonna get in trouble like with the cops yeah like, like i'm not i smoke to... weed although i have a marijuana card and it's legal and i was told by a professional that i'm allowed to there's literally a point where i wouldn't vape on my twitch because i was like i don't know their vaping policy like regardless of it's tobacco or weed so i would never even vape on my twitch yeah i'm not gonna tell hr <laughs> yeah so <laughs> the neurotica hr office about you yeah because it's tony and he doesn't really pay attention um to what the fuck did shake milton do shake milton sorry to interrupt the podcast with random observations of a basketball game you aren't watching which is very weed like for sure um i shake milton just did a full somersault like a child like somersault what a love to thomas Sanaransky. yeah that's not what we're gonna talk about today but anyway um we're just talking about like a little bit of why i kind of even have those reactions to weed and i kind of pinpointed it finally and it's a little bit not so much childhood trauma, but just kind of connected to some things in my past. But I also want to talk about a lot of Bobby's like interactions with it, where it's a little bit more normalized and a little bit more of just the regular teen experience and how I never really had that and we'd enter my life a lot later than people would think. So um, I, I really want to kick it to you to start, Bobby. Like, when was your first time with weed? Because I would assume it's much earlier than my first time with weed. Um, well, let me start with like Dare. Because when I was in grade school, we had D.A.R.E. And a lot of people make jokes about how, like, D.A.R.E. made drugs and drinking and stuff seem really cool. Uh, but for for us, it didn't really do that. It also didn't make it seem that scary. It was just like, sometimes drugs look like candy. And so you need to be careful that what you're eating is candy and not drugs. And that was basically, like, the gist of it. So I didn't really learn anything about what it is from that. 
Yeah, we don't have any, like, fun John Mulaney-like stories from our, like, programs. Like, I can definitely tell you mine was, like, literally just, like, some cop who was monotone. She was just, like, white female lady who is, like, authoritative enough that I was, like, she seems like she knows what she's talking about. But my school only did, like, one year of it. Like, it wasn't even, like, they tried. Yeah. <laughs> like. I think it was all, <laughs> it was, everyone did it in fifth grade at our school. And it was a, and the cop that did it was a kid in my brother's class's dad. Oh, that's not, yeah. So, like, he had some authority from, like, being a cop and from being a friend's dad. But, like, like I said, he didn't teach us anything besides sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes pills look like candy. Yeah. And so, um, the first time that I, like, had any kind of experience with, like, anyone thinking even that I was doing drugs or that it was a possibility was when I was, I think I was in, like, sixth grade. And uh, my entire scholastic career was marked by me doing well on standardized tests and then just, like, not doing any work and just being really f- lazy. And that continued through college and is why I'm now in a shit ton of debt. Um, but at the time... Bobby, that's not why you're in a shit ton of debt. It's part of the reason why you're in more shit ton of debt than you were before. But it is not the entire reason you're in a shit ton of debt. Can we can we make that clarification, please? Yes. It's the reason that the situation is as dire as it is. Yeah, but it but would, be fairly it would dire. still be like you paying like six to seven hundred, if not just like eight hundred dollars a month. It would be fairly dire regardless, but compared to your thousand, <laughs> but at the time in, I think it was sixth grade, uh, something that I didn't know was that my cousin, um, my mom's sister's daughter was struggling with heroin and she had had a, a kid out of wedlock, which like seemed like it happened out of nowhere. Like I didn't know she was pregnant and then it was suddenly, oh, she had a kid. Oh, okay, that's weird. Um, but so I found out that she was on heroin and like stealing from people and stuff like that because my mom, like in tears, asked me if I was on drugs because of my laziness in school. And I was like, <laughs> no, I just am lazy and don't feel like doing the work. <laughs> like, there's no halo there. Like, not, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about, Bob? I'm, there's. I'm on Halo. There's a there's a really large um, gap between my my sixth grader is on heroin and my sixth grader is lazy, and she chose to go to the uh, the former extreme. Um, but even then, with Dare and with my cousin being on heroin. I like heard the marijuana is a gateway drug thing, but I still didn't know what it was. And I didn't really know what any drug was. Like I would read about Brett Favre being addicted to painkillers and be like, fuck, you can just like get addicted to Advil. Like, how does that happen? <laughs> so like my mom like asked me that and I found out that there was that was going on in my family, but I had no idea what any of it was or like why there would be an appeal to doing it. Or why people would think it was a gateway drug. And then I think like the the first time I did it, I was a sophomore. The first time I did weed was a, I did weed, smoked weed was. You did a weed, dude. (laughs) How many weeds did you do? I was a sophomore. It was the end of my sophomore year of high school. And this was also. Between zero and one weeds, how many would you estimate there? 
Uh, probably on the low end. <laughs> closer to zero. But, <laughs> closer but to zero than one. Closer to zero, zero, but non-zero. <laughs> um, so at the end of my sophomore year was when I was like starting to drink and stuff too. So that was when... Um, you were me, a bad boy. That was when... I mean that was just kind of what everyone did, but sure. Okay. <laughs> but that so that was when like weed started becoming a thing, and then, yeah, I was just like, oh, this is completely harmless and just kind of makes you giggly. And yeah, surely my story will be um, completely the same as yours and less traumatic. Probably. Yeah. Knowing you. Yeah, yeah, you know me, guys. Anyway, um, my story um, kind of starts a lot earlier than I was exposed to the potential of smoking, you know, weed. I, I remember when the kids were trying cigarettes and, and they were trying to light one they just found on, like, the street because they just wanted... Because our parents all did it, you know? Like, yeah, they wanted to try it. And I was the tattle or whatever. But, you know, we lived in this neighborhood where we had these four close friends. And it was me, my half-brother, related through my mother, um, and these two other kids in the neighborhood. Me and my brother had to move out. And then they're around the age of eight. My mother was a little less reliable in our lives until her death uh, at the age of 16 for me. So that was eight years of not really knowing when I would see my brother or not because it kind of depended on is my mother stable enough to have one of us around now. Also keep my mind, my brother's six years older than me from a different marriage. So generationally different. So we were never the kind of brothers that, you know, he would, like, beat me up, but he would love to, like, mess with me psychologically, just because there's a little bit of a jealousy factor, I think, because, you know, he was the the stepson, and I wasn't a, a stepson to anybody. Um, so there, there was a little bit, you know, he hated my dad just out of that. But that's not really the problem. The problem was that we were taken away from this neighborhood we loved, and I didn't see my brother all the time, but there was this opportunity that we got to go back and see our old friends. And um, we're sitting at the same pizza place we all love in um, Marshallton. And it used to be just Marshallton Pizza, and then they changed it to something shitty. But we're still sitting there, and it feels like we're kids again. And then our brother starts the world's worst pitch on why weed is cool. And it's like, dude, you could not make this sound any more like horrible. And I don't know any of the points he made, but everybody's just looking at him like, yeah, we did D.A.R.E. too. I remember my only experience with D.A.R.E. was um, we got shirts to say drug free and I made a joke, drugs aren't free. And then some other kid echoed that joke and then claimed that he had come up with it and we had a battle. Yeah, I was a quiet kid in grade school, so that kind of stuff happened a lot. Like you whisper something to your neighbor and then they say it louder and everyone yeah. laughs at it. That was the worst. It sounds like your brother was doing like the photo negative of Don Cheadle and Walk Hard. Yeah. He's like, you don't want no part of this shit. It's not habit forming. It makes sex even better. Yeah. Whereas that, your brother was like, you guys got to do this shit. Yeah, that's really racist. <laughs> it makes you. you. It um, makes you sit on the couch. All, dude. That's, oh um, fuck! <laughs> I have, um, I've literally mixed those two up. How do you mix up Don? You're like, I. I've literally. I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I've literally mixed those two up for like 15 years now. Tim Meadows and Don Cheadle are alike in no way, so it can't be racism. There's something broken legitimately in your brain. That's fine. 
Just just keep the, the little, like, mic filter thing in front of your mouth. You keep, like, spiking the mic, Bobby. I'm actually talking you, loud for the first time on I the know, podcast. I know, you're just screaming into the podcast. Look, that's you, right? That wasn't even that loud. Block the, block the thing. That's why it's there. I'm so, talking into the... Okay. So me and Bobby are having another weed moment. Um, sorry about that, guys. You know us. We're just chilling. We're relaxing. We're just having a good time. Bruh. No, but, um, you know, for me, it was, like, this terrible sales pitch. And it just felt like the end of innocence for like a second. And I've had a lot of ends of innocence moments, but it was like, you know, that like first crew that you ran with that first, like, you know, we build the before house yeah. together. The, the stand, first. the stand by me. Crew. Yeah. Yeah. Like that first four and you, you always play football and it's like, literally you're watching one of them be killed by a train and you're like, what the fuck, man? Like we're all just watching them. Like, what like like every one of us is younger than him by like some uh margin that no way we could have even permeated our lives yet and i found out later it permeated his life earlier because of things on his parental side i'm not going to share but like there was just kind of this idea to me that like okay what the hell is my brother doing and then he would try to do it in the house like while my dad was taking a shower putting me in really awkward positions of like He'd be like, don't tell. But he's like, dude, you're putting me in a position like you want to get caught. Like, it's like, it's going to smell. He's like, no. And I'm like, what are you going to do when your eyes are red? He's like, oh, I'm going to use drops. Or I'll say I was swimming a lot. I'm like, it's winter, man. (laughs) What pool do you know? We're poor, you idiot. Like, we live in a trailer park. You can't be swimming in the winter. Like, don't get in that pool, man. Come on. I only got caught actually smoking by my parents one time. And I managed to worm my way out of it with a... By giving them some weed. Strangely ingenious plot. Um, no. So them it was oregano. No. So. It's all the class. We, I forget how, but my brother had got caught and my parents went through both of our texts um, and like saw us talking about getting weed and stuff. And they, they also found out I was selling my Adderall to my friends in high school to like help fund my senior house because I didn't like how it made me feel anymore after six years or whatever. Um, so from them on, they were like eagle eyed looking out for stuff. And I was, me and my brother's bedroom is in the attic of our house and I, and we have like a small bathroom. So I was smoking in there and blowing out the window. And I guess my mom was taking the trash out. (laughs) So she saw smoke come out the window and she came upstairs and fail proof plan goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, it was so fucking stupid, but so the room reeks of weed and I'm high as fuck, like <laughs> yeah, sitting on the... Yeah, you can't do anything about that Yeah, either. so my mom comes in and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, smoking a cigarette. She's like, it doesn't smell like a cigarette. I said, I was, I'm, I'm sorry, I was smoking a cigarette. And she's like, why won't you look at me? I said, I was masturbating. <laughs> and we're... Did you actually say that? Yeah. Dude, that, that is literally my story that I've told on this podcast before of me, like, when my dad found the pictures that I printed out, and I said, um, I don't know if I even said it on this show or my old show, but I printed out a bunch of nude photos. I told my dad I have a porn addiction to try to get out of it. And he said, no, you don't. I was like, no, I don't. Uh, and I was like, computer virus. And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I... My mom said, well, why won't you look at me? And I said, I, I was jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, I and guess then your mom was like, just "Oh the, yeah, just the, the Irish Catholic stepmom." She's and... in there smelling pure weed. Like my eyes are red as the devil's dick, as the guard would say in Tropic Thunder. Or no, pineapple, <laughs> pineapple Express. Yeah, not Tropic you don't Thunder. know what movies are referencing, or the fact that everybody's already been referencing that forever. I know it's like a common saying. All right, well, you say things too, so whatever. Um, I'd but say a lot of things. But the I don't know what you're saying. The Irish Catholic uh, guilt and repression took over, and I, I managed to get out of it without getting in trouble at all. Because she was just like, "Oh, okay, just as long as you uh, <laughs> don't do it in the living room." You just outshamed like their ability to punish you. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ! I mean, I, you can't be too shocked that I beat myself up. If even Bobby, who's like considered the normal one of the podcast, is still like, even his own parents are like, dude, it's not that big a deal. Come on, like, don't cry about it. Like, come on, stop it. I didn't say I was crying. I said it was. I know, off. but I'm just saying it's kind of funny that your parents are like, well, it's not that big a deal. Come on, stop, Bobby. Like, you know, I know they didn't say that, but. You know, I, you weaseled out of it, and that's that's awesome because it's really not that big a deal. But that's part of the problem is that it it feels like a big deal because nobody's ever honest with you about it. And the reality is that you know I was seeing my brother, you know, do weed, and then he disappeared for a while. And the next time I saw him, I was actually interacting with my mother a little bit, but he was just kind of disappearing because he was hitting that age where. He was 18 plus and he can kind of, you know, do his own thing in life. And he shows up when I'm hanging out at my mother's place, like tripping on something that's clearly not weed. Like even I know that I can only imagine what it is. And it could be a drug that's probably super popular today. It could be a drug that doesn't exist anymore. It could be that crocodile that our friend Cam keeps offering me and I'm considering it, but I don't know if I want to go down that road yet. Um, but it's good. It makes your skin fall off. Yeah, I, that's like exactly it, what I've been looking for. It's like an exfoliating heroin. But basically, it, it, the most likely thing is my brother was on ecstasy because it, it very clearly it looked like he just needed water. He's sweating a lot, like just like very like fidgety. But like he still seemed like he was feeling good, even though he knew something was really fucking wrong because um, he was on a lot of shit probably. So. My mom has me basically, like, locked in a room by myself while my brother is just kind of, like, fidgeting his ass off, sleeping on this chair by himself. And then he's a heroin addict at some point. And it's like, I know none of those things are actually now a symptom of him smoking weed and it gatewaying. It's a symptom of some of our family stuff that I'm not going to share because it's really not my business to share. But, like... You know, for me, that was the beginning of the end of me having a brother. So I, I think there's always this thing for me where I was like always associating it with shame because I was like, look, that's where that's where he started. And if I start there, then I'll be just like him, like because we're the same. And I, I didn't understand that it, we weren't the same people at all. I just thought that that's my brother. I always looked up to him. I always thought he was going to be the best and like we'd started it and then everything was gone in that one little like group but it's not like that was the most traumatic moment of my life or like even a traumatic moment at the time or like but it sticks with you and you think about those things when somebody says hey do you want to smoke some weed and you're like no man i know if that does the families they destroy them and they're like what are you talking about and you're (laughs) like 
yeah, man, because you want people doing heroin. And they're like, who the fuck told you it makes you do heroin? And I'm like, who told me my brother did heroin after doing weed? And it's the slippery slope argument that doesn't make any sense. And that's what the war on drugs was built on. And that's where gateway drugs is. Weed became the scapegoat drug. Yeah, I, well, it's like correlation and causation, right? People, yeah. people see that people that start off smoking weed sometimes end up doing harder drugs and they think that it's causation. Like, oh, they smoked weed, so like then they did heroin because they were chasing a high or whatever. Like, it's two completely different types of high, so it, it doesn't really make sense. But what it actually is is that if you're the type of person that would be willing to do one drug, it means you're just more likely to be the type of person that's willing to do another one. Yeah. Or if you're like self-medicating somehow and it's not working, then you're the type of person that's more willing to continue trying other things. Well, I think a lot of it for me too is that there's so much shame based on it. Like, you know, even we would be in our, you know, very white suburban homes and, you know, like my brother would introduce like a rapper into the house. I'm like, that rapper smokes about, you know, weed and stuff like that. And that's so bad. And like that it, it, it weaves into like racial things that they're trying to teach you to that, like, you know, every rapper is representing every black person and every black person smokes weed. And it's like, those aren't true things either. There's plenty of white people that smoke weed. And it's like, I found out later that, you know, my parents weren't, like, super happy my brother was listening to rap, but they really weren't the kind of people that were, like, really super stern on him about that, but they were, like, try to keep it away from your brother because it is still, like... Because if you listen to Eminem, too, which is a white rapper, and it's not like my parents are racist and being the ones, like... Yeah, like, keep... Jesus. Uh, Bobby's watching this kid just, like, absolutely drain shots, whether he means to or not. He hasn't missed one. Yeah, and he, he wasn't swishing them either. He's bouncing a lot of them, but he wouldn't miss. It was ridiculous. Um, but I was droning on a little bit, and that's a good reminder yeah. that I shouldn't do that. But basically, my parents reinforced it, though. They weren't the, the devils and being like, oh my god, look what happened to your brother. But they kind of hinted that way, of like, hey, weed's bad. I found out my whole life, my dad was smoking weed, and he later apologized and was like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, yeah, I was smoking weed, and it's fine that you're doing it now. And yeah, it's not a, like a, even like a thing behind us, but I always had that stigma. And it's funny how now a doctor says I can have weed. Like I can't like nobody can legally come into my home right now and see what I'm doing and say that's wrong or like see that I have it and say I'm going to take that away without co- infringing on my rights. And I literally still go, the- don't judge me because yeah. I'm thinking that means I'm a heroin addict or something. And I feel weird when I'm the one who's super high at the bar while everybody else is super drunk even though it could just be the reverse that it could have been alcohol they kept illegal and weed they kept legal you know like we could live in that america i get so like annoyed when people will tweet that like oh alcohol this stat this stat this stat and it's still legal but weed is illegal because i'm like bro this could go the opposite way yeah. <laughs> and you could get my vice uh, made illegal so let's not do that let's yeah. let's join hands as the alcohol and weed weed friends and get get it all legal shall we yeah it's it's but it's one of those things it's like there are other countries that handle drugs differently than 
we do, and you see more success with their abilities to keep down the the drug addiction, particularly prescription drugs. Like, it's a problem in America, which is hilarious because it's the most expensive place to get prescription drugs, but there are places where prescription drugs are cheap and they do struggle with it, and there's places where it's cheap and they don't struggle with it. But what the common theme seems to be is that when you're less, like, stringent on drugs, people don't really abuse them as much. It's kind of a weird, like, effect. I don't know. I don't know if that's, like, 100% true, like, all the time. But, well, like. One of the things is that if you're less. If you're very hard on drugs, then, like, if someone overdoses or if someone is addicted, they're afraid to get help because they're afraid that the law will come down on them. Whereas if it's legal and you're struggling, then you can just go and be like, okay, I'm struggling uh, with addiction or like, God forbid my friend is overdosing and I'm fine to call an ambulance and like have someone with Narcan come get them. Cause they're not going to get arrested and I'm not going to get arrested. Either. Yeah. And I definitely think there was like this, fear in me to even get medical of like i'm gonna ask my you know primary care physician for the doctor in his office i get one shot at this and like that that was like my mindset it's like i get one shot at this like to prove that i are you listening to lose yourself no but it's like i i have to prove that i have ptsd after the fact that i have ptsd like it it's not it's such a weird thing when you're like going to a doctor's office that already gave you drugs for like depression anxiety they should give you a diploma (laughs) there should be like a psychological linkedin where you get to list all of your psychological trauma and then the doctor can just look at it and be like okay you know what? It, yeah, it was one of those things, too, where I had the old idea for what the TV show was going to be. And my opening monologue of whatever it was going to be was me with a list of all the things that I thought I was diagnosed with mixed with the list of things I was actually diagnosed with. It's upsetting how much the list is starting to match up. Um, but it's not that bad. I'm not really like that deep in the shit, um, but I'm still not that shallow in the shit either i guess a medium in the shit that's good medium shithead um but the whole point is that just like you know for me it was like this slippery slope so i didn't want to touch um weed but there was a lot of like just addiction problems in my family in general and it's really unfair that i would you know say weed is the issue there and i didn't know my dad was doing it but i found out and judged him and then we got in a fight about it he's like i'm not gonna stop smoking weed it was like i was the adult and he was a child and i was like what the fuck man i was like coming to my household and you smoke weed and like it was it was all ass backwards and i remember even being a kid and having all these opportunities where i could have smoked weed or people around me smoked weed and i was so uncomfortable like we found some in a trailer in somebody's like yard and one of the like adults confiscated it from us we didn't realize they were stealing weed from one of their friends like literally that's what they were doing like that was in hindsight and it's the shittiest person i know um so not surprising to me but in hindsight that's really hilarious that he's just like yeah you kids shouldn't have that let me let me see that weed right away and it's like literally like the cartoonish thing he literally did that and everybody was like come on man like give the you know, Jimmy or whoever the fuck it was, they were like mad at him for stealing weed, not even the kids seeing weed. <laughs> and my dad tried to have some talk with me, like, you know, that stuff's bad. And like, I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't know. I don't do that stuff. And he like, he did lie to me a little bit. He admitted, and he said, sorry. 
and there was another time where like I was having a sleepover and the kids were a little bit older and they wanted to smoke and they found the weed and they asked me and I said no and I was just always scared and honestly I didn't smoke weed for the first time until freshman year of college. First time I actually got high, not the first time I smoked, but the first time I actually yeah. got high. There's two differences here. Yeah. The first time you smoke and the first time you get high. So two I two different things. I think that I would maybe I got a little high, but I like couldn't tell the difference because I smoked like and this was when I was first starting to drink. So I was just like probably just assumed that I was high because I was like drunk. I don't know what it was. But the first time that I was like sober and actually got high was at my brother's friend's house. And we smoked like four hours. Well, no. So we smoked and I got really high and I was like freaking out and like didn't want to be around people and like had really bad cotton mouth and was just like sucking down glass after glass of water. And I got a call from my mom and she said, "Uh, Bobby, you're being picked up for Marion's prom in an hour and a half. So I had to drive home uh, across Havertown. Not that long of a drive and it was like oh this is like a fucking video game holy shit bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but i i got home i uh i ate about eight reese's cups in, <laughs> in our bedroom and then i had to like dust our living room and like clean the floors and shit like that and then i was just like really high on the couch in a tuxedo watching <laughs> watching v for vendetta waiting for my date to pick me up what the fuck's wrong with you, man? So, I didn't, I didn't know because I You're thought not that, good at this. I thought that I had been high before, and I, I kind of hadn't. I've been high on a couple of dates. Um, some have gone well, some have gone really poorly. Um, oh, and then uh, after I was going with like my friend from grade school's friend who didn't have a date, and after prom we didn't go to a cool party. We went to a party uh, where all the hosts' parents were there, including the assistant dean of my school who uh, randomly breathalyzed me before every single dance the last two years I was at the prep, even though I never went to any of those dances drunk because <laughs> he was a fucking dickhead. So, yeah, that was a weird night. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I should really say... Paul Coffey, suck my dick. Paul Coffey? What a horrible name. Anyway, a fucking commercial with coffee rings comes up right afterwards, man. It's like the universe is speaking to me and Bobby about how much everybody hates coffee. It's exactly like that. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Erotica <laughs> advertising for the anti-coffee campaign um, and the anti-cheese balls campaign now or Cheetos. Cheetos. Or tea gang only. Yeah. Anyway. Earl Grey. Uh, green. No, but it's funny because... Um, Those are like kinds of tea I know. Sleepy yeah. time. In high school, some people wanted to smoke weed, and it, it would make me really uncomfortable to be around. Didn't want secondhand smoke of weed. Didn't want contact high. But in college, I finally caved. I told my friend I want to do an edible before I smoke, and a lot of people were like, "Don't do that." <laughs> I um, I get the strongest smelling and tasting cookie ever. I eat it. Was it was it actually, or do you just like perceive it that no, way? No, I I know now because I've had many edibles now that I can taste the weed. I'm telling you, Bobby, and I don't I don't want to take this part lightly. And I'm just gonna say, um, content warning: if you just don't want to be grossed out, skip like twenty seconds ahead. The shit I took, man, was the smelliest shit in my entire <laughs> life, and it smelled like straight skunk. Interesting. 
I have more comments on that, but I'm not going to... No, we don't need to talk about it ever again. People skip 20 seconds ahead. Yeah, welcome And they'll back. think it's something really problematic, but it's not. Just gross. Just grossed out. Ew. Anyway, we were taking shots. Um, before anything could kick in. Uh, and then I had the greatest night of my life, of which I remember nothing. Um, except for my friend passed out on the floor. And uh, me, my friend Dave, and um, two females we knew at the time uh, came over. I love knowing females. Yeah, you know so many, Bobby. Um, and we just all sat on his bed and watched our friend on the floor. And then we found an app where you could take a picture of people and just add stickers of cats. And that's very common now, but back in those days... Um, there was lots of apps that could do that, but you had to find an individual app to add a sticker of a cat to somebody. So we would just take pictures of this dude passed out on some really strong edible and, and probably too many shots and put stickers of cats on him. Hell yeah. And he didn't die. So thank God. That's because good. that would be the horrible if that was the last pictures we had of him. But we'd have to put it up at the funeral because, I mean, those last pictures were not. That reminds me of one of the weirder... Um like anti-weed propaganda things I've seen. I think I talked before about how uh, Iz was rewatching Degrassi and how it's really liberal and open about like teens having sex and abortions and um, like teens drinking and stuff like that. But where it draws the line is drugs, including weed. Oh, you can't do those. Um, Especially if you're someone like on the basketball team. You gotta stay sharp. I couldn't imagine anybody who plays basketball that could smoke any kind of weed. Even if, like, for some reason, like, life took the ability for them to play basketball away from them. Like, if they were confined to, like, a wheelchair or something. I just couldn't imagine that type of human being being someone who smokes weed. I don't think that that character ever actually does smoke weed. I don't know if he... I don't think he does either. The point I'm trying to make is, if you can't put it together yourself, is... Drake was on the grassy, and I'm making a joke that Drake would never smoke weed because he's a dork. Um, That's actually probably true. Yeah, it's, Drake, Drake's never smoked weed. Ghost smoked it. I feel like Drake is a virgin. What the fuck is ghost smoking weed? It's such a dumb idea. Oh, like the like the Bill Clinton, like I did I, not inhale. I did not inhale. Who's, whose fucking mouth did you blow it into, Bill? <laughs> uh, wait, let me think. I don't know if I yeah, can't so, do so my <laughs> And aside is that I have a theory that The Rock is a virgin, and I think that Drake might also be a virgin. <laughs> Although he has a kid, but that doesn't mean that he fucked. A secret kid. Um, so, regardless, there's... Any, anytime anyone's, like, smoking weed in Degrassi, it's like, oh, Spinner, are you gonna go hang out with your stoner friends and not do anything and shit? Um, but there's a girl who... Dies? Jesus Christ. So they go to college and the one girl is like, oh, my thing is going to be that I'm like the weed person. Like that'll be I'll I'll be the weed girl. (laughs) It'll make me cool and like be my identity. And somebody stabbed her. So they they have like a they have like a dorm (laughs) Olympics and she brings edibles for everyone. And the girl eats an edible and like forgets to like (laughs) forgets to eat enough sugar or something and like has a diabetic crash. And I forget if she dies or not. but. Like they completely blame it on weed. It's like if she hadn't been so high, she would she would have remembered to take her insulin. I don't mean to laugh at it to death, 
that is objectively stupid and hilarious. It's <laughs> so crazy, like, and it was it was a different time, you know. It was when those episodes were coming out. It was like probably over ten years ago. Like well, my favorite twelve part... years ago, but like where we are now with weed and where they were then with like sex and like teen drinking, which I feel like America sitcoms are just getting to in the last five years with skins and um euphoria and stuff like that. It's just so funny how backwards they are on that one thing. Yeah, I just what I really think is funny about like the Degrassi one is like I, I don't even know if the edible, like, the problem was the weed or if the edible had too much sugar. Like, that, that, maybe it's just an anti-brownie commercial, like, <laughs> the big anti-brownie got into this one. I view it as the a big, big, big cupcake was uh, behind this, the grassy episode there, everybody's like, I thought it was the weed? Fuck, man, we were just trying to get back at the brownie people. I view it as an, sure. an I view it as an anti-being friends with diabetic people. <laughs> Piece of shit, That's man. the takeaway. You can't okay, be friends whatever. with diabetic people because they they might crash and then you'll get blamed and kicked out of college. At least don't share drugs with them. You shouldn't dr- share drugs with anybody. You should keep that shit to yourself. I completely disagree with that, but okay. I share drugs with people all the time. Yeah, you do. Parody, don't screenshot. Um, no, I don't. Uh, I would never do something like that, police officer or employer. Um, Anyway, I do want to talk about, though, like, my interactions with weed, even though I did, like, do it in college and I had some good interactions with it, um, I still kind of had a stigma, though, and I remember just this one, like, really weird experience where we did go smoke, and I didn't really feel it right away, and then it hit me, and we went to play basketball, and, like, I couldn't even, like, dribble, I was just so high, and I remember, like, I stole the ball from someone, so, I, like, I clearly wasn't, like, completely out of it, but, like, I wasn't good at basketball to start with, and they thought the indication of my bad play was that I was so high and people were, like, essentially laughing at me. Great. So, like, again, like, not good moment of, you know, oh, I'm high, I'm, I'm the butt of the joke, you know? But um, I, I used to have this just, like, kind of an on and off relationship with weed throughout the years. And then junior year, I lived with my one friend and I kind of mentioned him earlier, Dave, and we've talked about it before and multiple different episodes, like fighting about um, different things. And I remember one time, like he had a, um, like a really nice, like long pipe and I like broke it because somebody set it behind my chair and I legitimately thought like um, somebody was gonna like think I did it on purpose as like a sign of like fuck you guys, but I legitimately did not mean like know or mean it in any way to shatter it, and like I didn't have the money to like give to him to like be like yo I'll buy you a new one. So I felt so bad because literally the only thing I could do was like profusely apologize, and it's such a helpless feeling when you're like. Hey man, I just like broke something of yours. It's not really my fault, but I'm also the dude you would expect to break the thing. <laughs> um, and I can't compensate or help you in any way other than I'll try to be a better friend, <laughs> even though we have very different philosoph- philosophical differences all the time. So that yeah. wasn't easy um, to, to take in, but like, no, I was the anti weed guy. I feel like it kind of left like a divide in our, um, that's so lame divide in our, you know, apartment, but I was the lame one though, really. And the thing that sucks is that it kind of got reintroduced to my life and 
I learned how to use it to kind of self-medicate with a lot of my intrusive thoughts and my PTSD and in time suicidal thoughts. And now I have it medical and I still feel weird shame about it sometimes, but honestly I shouldn't because this has saved me more times than I've even remembered. And there's been times where I've been unmotivated and I've smoked some weed and I'm like, man, maybe the weed doesn't make me motivated, but there's been other times where I'm like, no, I think, man, you were not going to be motivated because you were already exhausted and you just needed the weed to tell yourself, it's okay that you're done your, you know, nine to five job and you're home and you don't feel like doing anything else. Like you can lay there and just be high. Yeah. Like, that's cool. That's fine. That's how you want to spend your time. Do it. But if you want to, if you want to go chase your dreams, you're going to have to sit in chair and get on twitch.tv slash CodeRan. I just made affiliate. Check me out. Too early with the plugs. True. Just kidding. But, um, no, but I mean, I, I do those streams a lot of times I'm high, but there's some times where I'm like, I'm just high at home and I get mad at myself and I'm like, if I wasn't high, would I be streaming right now? Well, you know, the reality is I'm just always going to be high when I can be. I don't do it in any stupid scenario and never high at work. I only do it when it's medically necessary. And honestly, when I'm alone, it's medically necessary or will think bad thoughts. Yeah, which is interesting to me because I am kind of the opposite way. We um, learned this actually. With weed. When I was in... But we learned this that me and you were opposite, but I'll talk about that a little bit right. later. But so, I want to hear weed Well, situation. when I was in high school, I like loved smoking and and I've never ever since then had any negative feelings about the drug itself or like other people doing it. Like I, I don't give a shit about that at all. Um, but I guess it, it started like my senior house. My brother brought weed down when he came to visit us and I just got like super, I got high and super down on myself, like specifically about like my lack of charisma and like people liking me, but like not enough to care about like texting me to do anything or yeah. something like that. Been there. And even in the past, you know, year probably, even though I have a lot of great friends who ask me to do things all the time. Yeah. And I mean, this time it actually really worked out for me because I ended up staying home from a party that got um, busted by the cops and they cited like 140 people at the party. Yeah. So that in that way it worked out, but that was like, and that's actually the the movie uh, Can't Hardly Wait. Um, I believe it was released in nineteen ninety eight. You you missed out on that party, um, that iconic movie. Um, you could have been in that. Your your acting career could have been launched. People don't realize that's actually a documentary. Donald Faison, um, uh, you know, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt was in that. Seth Green. A lot of those famous actors, that was just them at a party, and it's, it was really a documentary, and they went on to do great things. So, Bobby, I'm not entirely sure you should be that excited. You know, maybe after run the cops, but you could have had a great acting career. I would have been really excited for you. That's true. That joke yeah. is so niche that, like, three people laugh, and, like, the other 25 people who listen to our show... You know what? Fuck it. The other 90 people listen to our show. I'm going to say this one goes up to 93 plays, and three people laugh at that joke. I still have no idea what you're talking about. Great. Awesome. <laughs> but anyway, so I think that was like the beginning of it happening. You're not one of the three. And then in, in college, I like also gained a bunch of weight and was, and it, I would just get super self-conscious about like that. Or, you know, if, if you look at your face in a mirror for a really long time, it starts to get like distorted and weird. 
Like, I feel like when I would smoke weed, that would happen, like, almost immediately. And so I mostly didn't for a while. And, I mean, at this point still, I mostly only do it, like, if I've been drinking and it's the end of the night. Um, but, like I said, like, these these are a complicated personal relationship with weed that has nothing to do with my view of it itself or people that, like, partake in it, you know? Yeah, but I think there still is some things where... I have a perspective that you don't, that it still permeates in today's life. And I know because I'm on dating apps, obviously. You're in a relationship. And one of the big dating apps is Hinge. And Hinge gives you the option to kind of say how much you want to say about yourself. But they're very good at, like, saying, like, here are the things you would want to tell a person in a relationship. So, like, if you want to put your height in there, you can leave your height in, but you can hide it if you want. So there are certain things you just can't hide. Age is obviously one of them. But one thing you include is your interaction with, like, alcohol or marijuana or drugs. Um, the funny thing is, you know, usually with people with, like, alcohol, you'll get no sometimes, yes, whatever. And with drugs, you'll get a lot of no's and you'll get a few yeses. I've seen sometimes, but it's usually, like, a person when they do the drug one, they're pretty upfront about it. And then cigarettes, it's just like, that's just 50-50 flip a coin. Or, I don't know, not 50-50 or whatever, like the real population people smoking cigarettes. The funny thing is, most people will not have weed even listed. They are afraid to tell you what their interaction with weed is. That's so weird. It is very weird. But I see sometimes a lot, I match... The first person I matched with that had yes in their profile, why well, I also had yes in my profile, was somebody I went to college with and it was just a friend. And I eventually had matched with other people that have yes in the profile, but like, it's a weird thing that like, even in dating, it's like, don't, you don't tell them that up front just in case. And it's like, I have this stigma now. It's like, too, it's like, oh, we all, we all smoke weed, like, sometimes. We don't even say it. But I think in the back of my head, I'm, my, I'm, I'm the pothead friend. And I get scared of that. because yeah, I, we I, have, I mean, we have another friend that feels like she's been kind of cast in that too. And she's always saying, like, I will never be the plug. Don't ever say that I'm the plug. And me being me, I obviously, like, will make jokes that she's the plug. But, like, you and her both, like, don't want to be typecast among our friends as the pothead you know well it, it's hard because i know that there is a difference when i'm sober and i'm high i mean that's obvious and bobby you've seen me sober and high obviously but they're not extremely different i would say i mean there's definitely moments where i'm like too high to really do the things you want me to do but that's on a night i decided i didn't really have to do much but like it's it's harder for me where, like, you could say it's addiction if you wanted, but it's just what I need to get by, and it doesn't really hurt anybody, and I have a budget for it, and it's not the budget I'd like, but that's somewhat, you know, the American healthcare system, too. And, you know, if I could stop smoking weed, I would definitely do it. But, Bobby, you and I discovered something wildly different this week that we didn't even know that the other one was potentially even worrying about 
this thing. Bobby, what happens when you're just sitting in a room, like, alone, just, like, sitting there? Like, let's say you're just in, like, a waiting room, like, a doctor. You just, like... Uh, I mean, if I'm not just, like, looking through my phone, I guess my mind just kind of wanders. Yeah. And, like, I think that's pretty common for people. Like, if you're just kind of, like, in a situation where you need to wait, just kind of, your mind will wander. Now... I also have uh, ADHD, so, like, it'll just go tangent to tangent yeah but you know your mind wanders or whatever or anything but like are you ever like talking to yourself in the shower i might like you know have a practice dialogue with someone but like i'm not i don't my brain isn't like saying sentences so you're saying you don't have an inner monologue right it's like my i think in concepts more than language which i actually have been when i listen to this podcast i feel like that actually comes out because my the way that i talk will be stop and start almost like it is right now and it's i'm formulating a sentence as i'm saying it as opposed to like thinking in a sentence and then getting it out if that makes sense here's a funny thing i really want to add to this too when i was a kid um i had trouble visualizing exactly what i wanted like, if if I just said, like, I want to see a room with, you know, a blue dog in it, I could kind of conceptually see it, but I couldn't make that picture appear in my brain. But I could say vividly all the things I wanted to say. And I realized I was always talking to myself. And there there is a persistence in my family, the joke of dyslexia. And people have seen me misspell things. But I think it's a pretty well known that I understand grammar difference between there, there, and there, and stuff like that. But legitimately, when I write, I'm talking to myself, dictating the words back to myself. I don't know. you, Bobby, as a writer, do you do that at all? Or do you just, like, kind of transform into fingers, take over? Like, I don't know. what When you're writing, do you, like, talk it out in your head and write it down like I do? Um... God, honestly, I don't even really know. I guess I'm always grasping for the right word. So uh, I don't know if I'm like... You must write like really slowly. Pretty quickly, usually. Um, Grasp for the right word pretty quickly then. Yeah, I'm... Honestly, I, I don't have an answer for you on this one. I don't. Wow. So even you haven't even thought about it's... your writing style as much as I've thought about my writing style, which like I don't even you... know what that's an indication of. But basically, it's, I feel like it's the kind of thing where if you're thinking about it, then there's no way that you're going to like actually land on what it's actually like, you know, like the process of thinking about it takes you out of the mind space to be able to accurately like do your normal process well, let me let me ask you if you ever did this while you're like when you were a kid and maybe we can end towards this because i think we've kind of talked about you know obviously i was reintroduced in the marijuana and got into it and you use it recreationally time to time but you know i i think now we're getting into something really interesting that i want to ask you when you were a kid did you ever try to um think two thoughts at once basically like say two sentences at the same time there are two different sentences but do it at the exact same time in your head not in my head 
I've like thought, and this is a separate thing. I've I've thought about like how it would be possible to make a sound that sounds like two different things at once. Like if you're, I've specifically I've thought about it in singing, like trying to sing the beginning of one thing and the end of another thing at the same time, so you can like transition it. But I don't think I've ever tried to like because I don't think in sentences I don't I feel like it's not I'm not like layering stuff on top I'm just jumping around so and I've never consciously tried to think like that so we're basically beating around the bush that I'm constantly talking to myself in my brain and at one point I was talking so much to myself in my brain I was challenging my brain to talk to itself and form conversations <laughs> and talk on top of itself and be able to do two things at once I was trying to stretch my brain I don't know if that's indicative of anything psychopathic or something psychopathic i really don't know if what the word i said was more or less accurate based on just how stupid the concept is though that i just i don't know what i was trying to do but that really is how i think like i think only in the internal monologue and when I sit there and I'm not really high in a place maybe where I can mellow out, I'm constantly thinking about what is the impression of me in the room? What could go wrong? What's the problem that I need to fix? Where are the problems? What should I do with myself? Like if I was, you know, at a party with a girl I like, you know, we you're all nervous about, you know, when you approach the girl and talk to her, but it's always like, Okay, do you go in now? No, it's not a good time right now. Try to pipe, you know, pop, you know, pump yourself up. You talk to yourself, and it's like I'm always having this conversation with this unconfident coach in my head, and it's just me telling me how to be me and not acting on me. And it's really weird to just like hear your brain say, "This is the way to perfectly live your life," and you know it, and your body just not do it. And there's, there's such a weird psychological disconnect of that for me. And just even hearing that, you know, you don't even think in that way made me realize I can understand why you might just do weed more recreationally. And I, I need it because if the thoughts are going to keep racing, I at least want them to be positive. Or if I can get to a place where maybe I'm a little number, you know, to some people, they think that that's a coward's way out, but numbing me sometimes is the right way to go about it because if you don't numb me the thoughts can get really intrusive and that's another thing we talked about recently is how everybody has these like intrusive thoughts of like doing bad things that, like, yeah i've talked about this on the show before we don't have to talk about it but is isabel got really we were we were talking about this in a group chat and isabel got really upset because i said and i thought i had told her this before um but maybe i had only told like some of my close friends she doesn't listen to the podcast frequent friend well, of the podcast though well she i i said Girlfriend i said in the chat the that one of my main like intrusive thoughts is like if a, a car is coming down the, <laughs> the street at any speed i always think about like yeah, what would it be definitely. like to like jump in front of, like what if i just jumped in front of it like what would that be like and she was like bobby what are you talking about and i was like is the there was just like a 45 minute conversation about how normal that is. Yeah, like, <laughs> dude. I, good thing I wasn't in the chat for that conversation. That would have been me just like fucking wall of text going, 
All right, let me break this shit down for you. <laughs> my my intrusive thoughts went really deep and really bad, and it's something I there there is a point I don't even want to un- unpack. I think I did tell Bobby like how bad the thoughts got at one point, but I don't I don't even feel comfortable with them still because I just hate how far they got. But there, what you realize is everybody in the world has these things called intrusive thoughts. They're basically just those thoughts that you don't feel like align to your character. You think they're bad things, but really they're anxieties about what you don't want to do. It's like the, the, the common example, the one that you actually even read, I think if you go to Wikipedia and Google intrusive thoughts is you're waiting for a train and there's an old lady and you can just push the old lady in front of the train. Yeah. And everybody has that kind of thought sometimes. The problem is if you have any kind of um, obsessive life compulsion, like OCD or just something similar to it, you can convince yourself that those thoughts are actually maybe, you know, the character of you or like what you might do or some kind of indication and you might get obsessed with the thoughts to the point where you start developing these little tendencies that make sure that you stay away from the thoughts and that's supposed to distract you. And now you start to understand why some people might lock their door five times because if they don't lock their door five times. It's not that somebody might break in. It's because the thought of somebody breaking in needs to be, you know, countered by something of equal value. And it's not just locking the door once, it's locking the door five times. And that's the value they feel they need. Right. And that's just, that goes deeper than what I even thought I could even understand about OCD until I was worried I had it. I don't think I have it. But basically, I got so obsessed with intrusive thoughts that I was having because I was so scared of like, why would I ever think about a thing so bad? And my friends would be like, dude, we know you, you wouldn't, you know, be this kind of person. And you'd be like, but why would you, why would I think that? And they're like, Oh, I've thought that before too. But I'm like, but then why am I obsessing about it? Does it mean there's something wrong with me? And they're yeah. like, I think that's really common in postpartum depression too. Yeah. Like it's, it's just like, doesn't it, make you a, a bad person or like weird or unusual. Just it's, it's uncomfortable to think it, but it just infects the brain. You yeah. Know? And you can't get that infection out without really breaking the the whole thought cycle itself of negativity like you actually need to like it it is the don't think about pink elephants and then pink elephants come right in your mind of like you know dealing with your life it's you're trying to do one thing and your brain says don't think about pink elephants and you're like well the fact that i just even said that is upsetting to me that i have to say that to myself right because i don't want to think about pink elephants I think and that's a good that place. I, you know what? I'm honestly, I'll just reveal. I was thinking about killing Bobby because honestly, I think me and uh, Bobby's mom should be together. So once I kill Bobby and the rest of his family and his dad, um, just anybody who could oppose me, then I could obviously um, take his mom's hand in marriage properly without fear, fear of retaliation or need to move away because we definitely want to stay in the Philadelphia area. It's a great area. Um, don't want to leave um we just want to live in peace uh we love each other i've not met her yet she sounds like a lovely lady based on what bobby said for like 20 seconds earlier when he got caught um smoking weed well i was about to say this seems like a good place to leave it after the pink elephant thing and i was right so what do you have to plug um my twitch twitch.tv <laughs> slash code i'm an affiliate now i don't know why 
Um, sometimes ads run, watch all of the ad, and I get money off of that for some reason. But even if you don't uh, want to watch an ad, if you have um, Amazon Prime, you get one sub on Twitch, and that helps me out so I can do other fun things and buy more things in games. So please subscribe to me. Um, otherwise, I'm pissing off everybody on Facebook and Instagram with my politics. It's true. And that's the only plan I have. And my plug is please yell at me to write stuff because I have stuff that I want to write, but I keep forgetting anything. to do it. I know. I write haven't. something. Thank you. Right now. <laughs> Everyone else follow Cody's lead on that. All right. Don't follow my lead on all the things I've been doing. Some of them are really bad, but yell at Bobby. Thank you. I've been leader of that for a long time. All right. Cody Ryan, number one <laughs> yeller at Bobby. Thank Sign- you for joining Erotica. Thanks, guys. Signing off.